You're live and locked into the official Juno Download podcast with host Cup Kobe, exploring dance music from top to bottom, bringing you fresh content direct to your headphones.
yourself. It's nice to do that. But you must pay respect to the foundation. You're tuned in to the Juno Download Podcast.
What's happening, people? And once again, welcome back to the Juno Download Podcast, uh, hosted by myself, Kovu. We're back inside the building with uh, another very exciting edition of the show. Obviously, this is a platform where we like to explore the history of different labels in the uh, vast world of underground electronic music. And today we're talking to someone who has uh, overseen one of my favorite labels within that in in its entirety, uh, one of the most prominent dubstep labels over the last 10 years or so. And it's been very, very enjoyable to watch the label's consistency over the years. N-Type joins us today, and we are talking about Wheel and Deal. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm fantastic, sir. I'm fantastic. We've, uh, we seem to have these conversations on different platforms all the time these days. It's great fun. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. It's always good to have a little catch-up. Nice little natter. Definitely, man. Definitely. Well, I'm, I'm really excited for this one today because we're going to be diving into, um, again, a more specific look at Wheel and Deal because obviously this is a label that's been such a prominent part of um, dubstep culture over the last 10 years or so. It's been so interesting watching the artists you've brought, you've brought through. Kind of going back to the uh, early days, obviously we've spoken about this on different platforms, but just for our fabulous Juno Download listeners, um, what was the kind of original plan with the label when you first set out to release? Well, when I first started the label, it was the the main focus was more like putting out tunes that were like my favourite tunes in my set, or tunes that I really just like myself that I really wanted to play, and I played on on the radio or at home. Uh, the ones that I really vibed out to, so you know, stuff that I was getting handed on dub, and I was cutting and then going to raves and playing. It was the whole point of just being able to have an actual platform to put them out as well, and you know, really like boost the artists and give them. A place where they could call home awesome man awesome because I, I remember back in in that sort of time period you were you were playing pretty much everything on wax by the sound of things like i remember listening yeah. in on radio and there was such a kind of constant thing i could hear the sort of the sort of waxiness of what was going on yeah it was all dub plate just straight dub plates like I, even I, I still actually go out and do dub plate sets every now and again now not so much i do actually cut dub plates still but not as much as i used to like back then i was literally getting the tunes on cd i'd have like a kind of a route throughout my week so i kind of go and see like koki then i'd go and see benga and scream and um at the time it was like more people from croydon it was a lot easier for me to like you know plan my week because most of the production was coming from like our area basically so i go and see all these different producers and then go to the cutting house which was transition um in near catford in forest hill and um i go and cut my dubs there and literally that was it that that was um all I was doing, cutting dubs, really, and, and playing them out. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, now I still cut dubs, and I'm actually selling dubs on online at the moment, um, like exclusive, like, 50 runs and 30 runs of specific things. But, um, yeah, now, yeah, digital has sort of, you know, balanced it out as well. So I do a lot of digital sets, and then I do my, like, specialised dub plate sets. Yeah, that makes sense, man. It makes sense. And it's been such an interesting thing kind of watching, um, I suppose, that's kind of, that kind of influence within the label. Because over the years, um, especially especially in more recent times, it feels like you've become definitely a home for people to kind of launch their sort of platform, their, their sort of personal platforms off as well in regards to the music they're making and releasing. Um, obviously, you've been running the label for a long time. So I want to I kind of dive into the, the, the depth of this in regards to you actually putting music out there. Like, how are you able to keep it so consistent with releases um i think it's just because i love the music so much i'm just always on it i'm always looking for new tunes not just to sign for the label but obviously to play on the radio playing dances i've always been one i love playing other people's music more than i love playing my own music (laughs) which is funny because i mean i've made tunes since 2002 in dubstep and um it's that, that whole thing where like i just love 
hearing good music. It's like a, I I I find it like a, you know when you go into a trainer shop and you you see all the new Nikes on the shelf and you're yeah, like oh I like that one and you try one on and you're like this one's gonna last me for a little bit. I love this one and it's like it for me it's like it's like trainer shopping. <laughs> you that's go really out and you see these tunes and I'm like oh that's a banging trainer that is and you want it bad and you get it and it's like yes and you're gonna wear that trainer and you're gonna love it and it's the same for me with music like if I hear a big tune I'm like oh man and I will rinse that tune out you know and it's like that's the same um you know it's the same sort of thing you know for me anyway but um yeah I just I, I just love good music and, and I love dubstep man that's just something that I've always loved the 140 tempo I mean I like loads of different genres but for me, what I specialise in is dubstep and grime. I'd say because um, the one forty tempo, I love it because you kind of you can either brock out to it or you can just chill out to it. So you kind of you're in between that kind of space, you know. So um, yeah, I'm just always looking for new tunes, and and that's why I find it easier to maintain like uh, constant releases and good releases because. I'm really fussy with stuff, but I'm always like finding new music. And as soon as I find it now, I've got into a routine of saying, right, what are we going to do with this? If I'm going to start playing it a lot, you know, it's going to get popular. Let's do it right. Get you the right press. Get you a good release. Do it right. And, you know, so it benefits the artist. You know, that's the main thing. I've always been about, like, you know, pushing the artists and finding new artists and, you know, helping them in their career. That's what I've always done. And I mean, recently... I've just started releasing a lot of my old stuff. Like there, there's, I, I've been making tunes for years as well, but a lot of the time I just kind of hold them to myself and use them as dubs for radio or dubs for raves. And I've just started my own Bandcamp and just started releasing stuff on that as N-type recordings, which will be a, a label like Win and Deal as well. But at the moment, I'm just keeping it really exclusive with little dub plate runs. Awesome. But yeah. Awesome, man. It's kind. Of, it's so interesting to kind of listen through the the, in, the enthusiasm. Obviously, after even after all this time, because it's been running for such a long period of time. It's such a an inspiring thing, and it will be inspiring to a lot of um, kind of newer labels out there now that there is still this kind of love for what you're doing. Like, what's the main difference would you say between then and now in regards to releasing music? Obviously, the sort of digital and vinyl um, thing is the main one, but are there any others that you kind of, that kind of jump out at you in regards to the way you put together releases? Um, I think. Now I understand, I mean, it, it has changed over the years. I think now I understand the industry a lot more. Like when obviously I first started the label, it was just like, I like these tunes, I'm just going to put them out and, you know, um, you know, see what we can do with it and see how far we can go. And then now I'm like, okay, I've seen how far things can go. And um, now I'm kind of like, right, we need to have this press, things need to go there. Like the organization of everything is is really good. And like, I kind of, I've also I've I've realised that over the years I needed to get help with stuff as well, so um, now I've got a team that work with me. And over the year we've had like people who've come through and helped and worked with us. And then now I've just got like a solid team. Big up Matt, he's my my label manager, and um, it's just it it just feels good now because it now now I'm not spreading myself too thin. Like I'm I, I sign the tunes, I find the tunes I like, I sign them, I start playing them. And then, like, I allocate different jobs to different people. So it's kind of keeps me freed up to sort of focus on my own career as well as other people's. Because a lot of the time, back in the day, I found that I was so busy. Uh, I was I was trying to focus like and push other people. But then I'd sometimes push those other people and wouldn't push myself as much. <laughs> so it's like getting a balance of being able to, like, you know, kind of keep everything nice. Like, 
keep my career popping nice and keep and make their careers pop nice as well you know so like that's something that I've I've learned over the years like to you know delegate jobs and balance yourself nice um other things I'd say is um just trends like I've seen like vinyl get really really popular and then drop off and so like with vinyl I see it, it it's like kind of like a wave like sometimes it's really really popular there's a lot of people putting out vinyl and then sometimes it kind of goes up and down so riding those waves has been important and that's what one thing that we've always done you know like there was a point where vinyl wasn't selling that well but it then we just rode through it and and carried on like like normal and you know things picked up and it's been good you know so i think sticking to your guns is important as well and just knowing what you've got you know like knowing your worth as well and and the worth of your artists and saying right we're gonna do this you know you know Definitely. so um even if you're up against it you just gotta keep going so i mean just being in it for so long now i just realized like how the game works you know and um just making sure you work it to the advantage of all your artists awesome it's such it's such interesting advice as well obviously as someone that's kind of been through so many different eras i want to say of uk electronic music kind of pushing a similar bracket of sound and yet to still be um as popular as you are it's such an inspiring thing for for, for me especially kind of talking to you now obviously we have chats all the time but like kind of listening through the, the the kind of enthusiasm more than anything else it is genuinely very inspiring and kind of looking forward from that um obviously you've released a lot of uh, different artist music over the years you've continued to push new artists artists um when you are kind of looking for new music what is it that you specifically look for do you have like a kind of sound a timbre or are you more just if the vibe gets you it gets you well i think vibe is definitely super important that's probably the the first thing is the vibe um sound wise definitely um i've definitely got a sound and i think other people have kind of noticed it of recent i remember um the deep tempo guys big up deep tempo they're great their show's really good they do like a um an, an online podcast with uh, video and stuff if you haven't already checked it check it out it's really really good and um they do their thing and um they posted up a review of one of our latest releases which was dark eye um the immortal ep and um one of them was saying like ah oh, this 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 you could imagine even you could almost imagine n type making these tunes like and obviously they're not my tunes, they're Dark Eyes tunes, and I could never make anything as sick as that. But, like, you know, it's it was one of those things where, like, uh, I was like, oh, okay, and then it made me think, and I, they were like, yeah, it's definitely got his sound. And then when I was thinking about the sound of, of what I like and, and the tunes that I like, they definitely do fall into a certain sound. And I'd say that sound that I've always had was um, kind of like dark energy. So it's like dark it's dark dubstep, but it's got energy to it. It's not, you know, like too minimal or too, um, like half steppy. It's kind of got a bit of a skip to it. It's got energy to it. So you can, like I say, you can either rave to it or you can chill to it. And I think that kind of energy is definitely, it, ro it rides throughout the label. Definitely. Um, so yeah, 
and and yes, yeah, so that's definitely the kind of vibe I'm going for. Dark energy, I reckon. Awesome. It's, it's a good way to describe <laughs> it as well, man. No, it's a, it's a great way to describe yeah. it. Because like, when you say those those words, I can physically imagine um, seeing a, a wheel and deal vinyl spinning. Like I can I can yeah. visualise it. You know, it's such a it's such a cool <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and obviously, it's been a uh, it's been it's been an interesting thing watching that sound develop over the years, and especially kind of coming into this year. You've kicked off the year really really strong label wise. Obviously, uh, first release of the year, first week of the year, uh, going back to the uh, break fake uh, break fake release how did that one um come together because obviously um i remember getting i remember receive, receiving that one and it being a, a very kind of instantaneously impactful ep in regards to the sound like how did that one first come together and how was um i want to say releasing so early on in the year because obviously a lot of the time the industry heads will say no don't worry about january kind of yeah. leave it towards the end like how did you find yeah. releasing something as potent as that so early on this this is the thing this sort of goes back to what i was saying about like just you know, riding and riding waves and, and being like, look, we're going to do it. We're doing it now, you know? And, um, it was, um, it, it was, it was a really interesting release to put out because obviously I've known break fake for years. Um, he's always, um, featured a lot in, um, the lead scene for dubstep with, um, sub dub and some of those big like rays up there beneath the surface, which I actually played at on Friday last week, which was really good. Sound system was amazing as well. Family rooted banging. Um, and his sound, is really nice because it's kind of it's got a bit of a garagey skip to it which i love because i used to play a lot of garage i still do play garage but i used to play a lot of garage back in the day um when i was on delight fm and um a lot of those sort of garagey focus stations back in the day um so it has a bit of a garage skip to it but it's got that roots dub sound to it with like dub echoes and real textures in the background and, and that big dubby bass um but it is dubstep and, and it, it kind of like reminded me a little bit of like the horsepower early horsepower days but just in a new fashion with a new flavor so when that come to me i was like yeah man i need this 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 is this is good this, let's do it and we did it as a digital ep um where if you bought it from our band campus where you get an extra um track and also we did it as a limited lathe cut which I've just started doing. I've been doing these dub plate cuts for about two, three years now. Before COVID, it was, I think, 2018 when we started doing them. And we just started doing them then and started seeing them selling quite well. So we started doing these limited lathe cuts, which is like literally a dub plate. You're buying a dub plate and, and limited to 50. So we did it with that one and it sold really well. And also the mad thing was is we noticed that it actually came out um, the same day as the burial release and it was literally those two releases were literally riding the charts like throughout all of the um, different stores which was really interesting to see and Breakfake did really well man I was just so pleased for him you know like as his first release on Win and Deal um, with a kind of a new sound really and just went in and he smashed it so yeah it was a great release to do and mate, it's an amazing way to kickstart the year as well. Obviously, when you kind of bring in names such as uh, like Burial into the competition, like it's kind of cool to yeah. kind of see just how um, how popular stuff is, especially as I said early on in the year, which is traditionally quite uh, a bit of a slump label wise. But I did notice over the course of it was of, nice uh, to see him doing it. Yeah. I was like, oh, Wicked Burial's yeah. done it. Well, <laughs> Hopefully. Well, who, Hopefully. well, like, well, um, uh, Code 9 obviously put it out, but yeah, it was nice to see those guys just in there, and I was like, oh, wicked. So they already obviously were thinking in the same manner as me of like, look, it's the beginning of the year, let's just go with a bang, you know? Of so, course, yeah, definitely. And definitely. it worked. I think the interesting thing this year was, I feel um, from especially the second week onwards, there was kind of like a week 
usually there's like three weeks where it's kind of like a lull. This year, it definitely felt like people were going at it from quite early. It felt like there was a, there was a ton of big releases in January. February's really yes. kicked off a lot more on, a, I want to say, a more commercial scale. But in regards to sort of underground music, January was probably busier than it ever has been, um, which is really exciting to see. And obviously, this, this kind of leads me on to um, the sort of final topic of conversation I want to dive into because things are changing. Um, the kind of industry is changing. We're in a very different period to where we were, let's say, three years ago. Um, the, the, everything's changed entirely yeah. from three years ago. What's the kind of future plans for Wheel and Deal? Because I know, as you said, you like to stick to your guns. You like to kind of continue doing what you're doing. But what's the what does the future have in store in regards to those things? Well, one thing I learned over um, the last few years um, is that don't sign anything too quickly if you think it's going to be sitting there for a long time. Because I like to keep things fresh, right? And also... At the moment, dubstep's quite healthy. There's there's a lot of different sounds coming through. So I don't want to sign something and then like have an artist wait a year or something for something to come out. I'd rather like what I'm doing is I'm I'm kind of looking at like right, I want to do a release a month. That's what we're going for. Do a release a month and then um when it's getting nearer to you know finding the next like two releases along, then I start looking at right, what's there, what have I been playing? Um what artists have I been chatting to? And like, cause I've approached several artists and I, you know, about maybe let's do an EP. Let's see what we can do. Do you know what I mean? Just keep building beats, keep sending them. And then if something pops up, I might be like, right, let's hold on to this one. And now let's build something around it kind of thing. So I'm just trying to keep things fresh and not sign things too far along the line. So people are either waiting for their releases to come out for ages or like those, that sound might get kind of older if something new kind of comes through. Because I'm always about evolution. Like dubstep needs to evolve, and it has done. I'm kind of liking a lot of the more vocal um, dubstep elements at the moment. I've been recording a lot of artists um, over the last year doing my pirate copy podcast with um, Pokes. We've been doing a dub plate for each show where I record either a singer or, or a rapper. And um, I've been loving doing that. And that's kind of drawn me to a lot more towards vocal dubstep where there's not a lot of that out there and when it's done really well it's really good and i think it also helps the sound spread to other people in other genres you know and i've always been about that showing people who not aren't necessarily direct dubstep fans that look check out dubstep man like you you've the sound is so varied there's something in it for everyone and that's why i've always pushed it outside of the borders as such that makes but, um, sense, man. It does make it does make sense. I definitely feel with vocals, especially even even over the course of the history um, of, of sort of dubstep, the vocals have always been like a rarity. There's usually been like one or two biggins a year, and then that's kind of it. It's always felt like quite a quite a sparse sort of area of the sound. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I love it. I just think it's because I love instrumentals, and I, when I play out, I pretty much always play instrumentals. Because also the other thing is, is I like working with MC. So. You know, if I'm going to play out loads of vocal stuff, it kind of kills it off for them. <laughs> but like, you know, listening to it and and you know um, putting it out, I would love to put out some more vocal stuff. You know, and see how that goes. You know, but um, it's just just through personal choice, really. It's just kind of what I like to listen to, and that's always been the focus of the label. Is it's just stuff that I like, and also just you know taking it forward. Like, don't sit on the same sound and get stale. Let's see what other people are bringing to the table, and let's do something. You know. 
Awesome. Awesome, man. I'm excited to see how things develop. And uh, obviously, with um, the year kind of cracking on, we do have um, a bit of a preview to get into next, which is obviously off the uh, next EP from you guys. Um, it's from an artist called Leo Cap. Now, how did this um, How did this conversation first come together around putting together the EP? And obviously, um, he's also featured on today's guest mix as well. So I'm very excited for that a little bit later on. Oh, man, he's super talented, man. Like, he's been sending me beats for a while. And um, I actually, I think I actually stumbled across his drum and bass stuff under his alias Black Barrel before I heard the dubstep stuff. Because um, I get sent I get sent a lot of um, drum and bass as well as other genres as well. And um, funny enough, when I do um, sets with Nasty Bros, or kind of affiliated to Nasty Bros, big up Marcus Nasty, and when I do shows with them, because their MCs um, spit on loads of different tempos, sometimes I get to play other little like chunks of music that I'm not necessarily known for. I'm known for dubstep. Everyone knows me for dubstep. But like I've I've been a jungle DJ. I've been a drum bass DJ. I started DJing in '94, and I was as as sound come through. These are all elements of sound that really inspired me, and it inspired me to make dubstep in the end. Because when I started making dubstep, it was kind of like a jungly garage you know and that fitted into that dubstep sound so every chance that i get to you know branch out and play some other stuff here and there just for a special i love doing it you know so i got sent some black barrel stuff and i was like this is banging and then um then yeah i started seeing a few leo cap tunes come through and i was like this guy's good and then listening to what he was doing i was like wow he, he can really go from one sound like a really deep sound to a really kind of like aggy like um, track that would just mash up a rave and like the tune that he sent me which was when I was like right we've got to do this let's do an EP he sent me the track um, Always Got That Murder which is on the EP and I took it to Outlook with me and um, I, I had a mad journey to Outlook and I literally landed there and it was like right you're on the decks in like 20 minutes I got on the decks and that was one of the tunes that just blew up the dance you know so I was like mate I need to get this signed up, man. This is this is going to be a banger. So I signed <laughs> that, and then um, then Power came, the other tune, and then the deeper ones like Kind of Voodoo came, and it all just sort of gelled together nice. And I was like, right, we've got it, we've got the package, let's do it, let's go for it. So awesome. um, yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah, Leo Cat, man. He's really he's 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 on Deep Dark and Dangerous as well. He's got releases going on quite a few big labels. So keep a lookout for him, man. He's going to be really good. And check out his drama bass stuff as well. Awesome, man. Awesome. I've got one more question for you. I've got to say, um, in regards to something you just mentioned there, um, and it was actually one I wanted to ask earlier, but just before we jump into this EP, I do need to um, do need to ask it. Obviously, you mentioned there um, playing um, one of the tunes and going, you know what, this has got the reaction we need to sign it. Are there any others from the sort of catalogue um, from Wheel and Deal that you remember that exact same thing happening for? Oh, tons, man. Like, there's there's ones where, like, I've got it that day and I cut it on dub and I took it to the rave and it's just gone mental. And then I've just gone, like, oh, man, I need to sign this ASAP. <laughs> Someone's going to have this. And, like, I've had ones, like, there's been loads before where I've played them on the radio that day or that, that week that I've got the tune. And then suddenly someone's just phoned that artist straight away and gone, hey, do you want me to, I want to sign this. And I've gone, no, why didn't I get that sorted before I played <laughs> it on the radio? You know, because, um, yeah, people, you know, it's good though. People listen to the show and if they hear a tune they like, they're like, you know, if another label hears it and wants to sign it, that's great, you know. But, yeah, there's been times when I thought like, oh, no, why didn't I get that sorted? <laughs> but, like, you know, it, it's, well, it's one of them things like, you know, it's all healthy. If it's going to be good for the artists and it's good for the music, I'm down, you know, so it's all good. 
Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, I've got to say, man, it's always an absolute pleasure to have a conversation with you and obviously talk about um, the sort of history of the sound and, of course, what's on the way. N-Type, it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you for jumping on the show today. Wiki, man. Big up, brother. Take ease, man. Each and every time. Keep it locked and don't go anywhere, people. We're going to jump into a quick preview of this uh, Leo Cap EP and then we're going to jump into the guest mix. So keep it locked and don't go anywhere. We're live on the Juno Download Podcast hosted by myself, Kovu. Let's go. You're tuned in to the Juno Download Podcast. to be destroyed.
Welcome back to the Juno Download Podcast then, my friends. As always, it has been an absolute pleasure to sit here and have this conversation. A massive shout out to N-Type for joining us earlier on as we continue to look through the kind of history of Wheel and Deal as a dubstep imprint. Now, I wanted to say on a personal level that uh, Wheel and Deal for me has been a very influential project. It's a label that I have looked at numerous times from uh, my own personal perspective, from both a fan and a kind of industry head, and gone, what can we do better? How can we emulate what they are doing on a uh, grander scale for me? Uh, I would definitely say that Wheel and Deal are one of the most influential dubstep labels out there, one of the most consistent dubstep labels out there, without a shadow of a doubt as well. Now, coming up next, we're going to look to the future of the label, and we're going to look at a guest mix from one of the artists that has been very heavily mentioned today, Leo Cap. We just heard a bit of a preview of his brand new EP there in mini-mix format. Now, coming up after this, we are going to be looking at what's going on with the with the label as a whole in regards to sound, and this is where we're going to go. We're going to jump into a guest mix from Leo Cap. He's going to be taking us through for the next 30 minutes to round off this month's edition of the Juno Download Podcast. And I wanted to send a massive shout out to each and every one of you for getting involved so far. So we're going to jump into this now. Keep it locked and don't go anywhere. My name is Ben Kovu and I'm your host for the day. Let's jump into some fresh flavor from Leo Cap. Bringing you the freshest music and content. The Juno Download Show. That's it. One thing. I want you to ask yourself. Is not liking this man. Reason enough to convict him of murder. Enjoy your lunch. Talk again. <laughs>
the Juno Download Podcast, hosted by Kovu.